Enjoy the show. Beaming at you from the depths of the internet. This is the Temple of Geek Podcast, your one stop for all things geek. Welcome to the Temple of Geek Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel. And on today's episode, I have a very special guest with me. Now, if you're a reader of the TempleofGeek.com, you may have seen one or two or six posts from about this person. Um, I'm really excited to have her on this week's episode. Uh, let me go ahead and go ahead and introduce you, Aaron Leffler, uh, better known as Butternut Gouache, if you're a follower on Instagram. Welcome to the show. Hi. I'm, I'm so happy to be with you guys. I am very excited to have you on today. This is going to be a lot of fun, I can tell. So... There's a couple things I want to talk to you today about, but first, you know, before we get into all that stuff, I want to kind of do a quick introduction with you and just kind of talk a little bit about you. So that way, maybe someone who's not familiar with who you are will kind of get a better idea. Cool. So can you tell us, um, can you tell our audience a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do? Absolutely. Um, as you said before, my name's Aaron Leffler. I'm a character designer, visual developer, concept artist, and illustrator. I'm from New York. I know that probably sounds like a lot to juggle, but actually they're pretty similar things. So it's kind of easy to hop from one to another. Uh, I'm a really big nerd. So if you don't see me working on something professionally, you'll see me nerding out about something in any way, shape, or form. Which is really fun to watch. I, I hope it is because I kind of, I realize that I share it a lot and I'm like, I really hope that this isn't annoying anyone. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. You should never worry about that. So you're, you're an illustrator and you work for Lucasfilm. What, what is that like? Oh my goodness. It's really me. I, I never, my wildest dreams would have imagined that I would be creating licensed art for them, but it's like so neat. It can get a little hectic at times. Cause like you have deadlines and everything's, but I wouldn't trade it for the world. And I'm really honored that I get to say, Oh yeah, I'm a licensed Lucasfilms artist. When somebody asked me, I bet you they're like, what? Yeah. I've actually, I met John Ratzenberger a couple months back. And when I said that to him, he just kind of stopped and stared at me like, are you kidding me? And I'm like, yeah, that's what I do for work. And he's like, would you rather come work for Pixar? And I'm like, kind of, <laughs> I'm like, I really hate to be disrespectful, but yes. Yeah, you do have a love for Disney. I do. I really do. It's really bad. I'm like the world's largest five-year-old. <laughs> How long have you been doing your art? Oh, man. As long as I can remember. I can remember my parents telling me that I used to, as soon as I could pick up a pencil, I was drawing all over everything. I would try to draw on the walls, which drove them insane, but it was like, okay, um, it's just always something I've connected to kind of it was a way I could express myself freely without having trouble. I have a problem with kind of speaking to people. A lot of times I, I love, I love people. I'm very bubbly, but sometimes conveying things to people in a large group is hard for me. So art is a way that it, it was easy for me to express myself. So it just kind of was something I took to immediately. So you said you pretty much discovered it when you were younger. I mean, when did you maybe narrow down that like, Oh my God, I'm actually an artist. Well, I have to say it was probably when I was like 11 years old. I went to Disney World on a family vacation, and I met this Disney artist um, in one of the stores there, and he was doing a demonstration on different paintings and stuff, and he let me test out his tools because my parents had told him, they're like, oh yeah, she does art a lot and like on everything, so my parents were telling him that, and he's like, hey, why don't you try out these tools? And 
I remember him looking at me and I don't I couldn't even describe the face to you what it was like he gave me this look like he was shocked and he's like I can tell you're gonna have a future in art you should really pursue this so it was something that after he said that I kind of took it seriously because as a kid you're not going to take that seriously at first but the moment that that was said to me was kind of like the light bulb went off in my head and I knew it was like this is going to be my career path this is exactly what I want to do that's awesome well, what do you do for fun when you're not working? <laughs> okay, that's a bit of a loaded question because I have a lot of things I like to do. Um, when I'm not working, ironically, drawing is still my favorite thing to do. I don't know why. It's just I always – it's something to do with my hands, and I always find myself being able to put down what I love and what I find interesting on paper or on screen. So it's kind of like something that always flows out of me. But when I'm not drawing, uh, you know – I love cosplaying. That's a lot of fun because I can express my love for different fandoms and everything that way and dress up as these characters, which is so much fun because you get to, I think the best experience is getting to see the little kids' faces at the convention when they really think that you're the character. Oh, yeah. That always cracks me up. That's one of my favorite things. Um, I'm a big movie buff, so I love going to the movies. I can count. I have every single ticket stub that I've seen in the movies since I was like 10. So That's crazy. I've it's it's a lot of tickets and most of them are marvel and disney to be completely honest so i i'm a big movie buff i really love doing that um and any chance i get to do karaoke i am first and foremost the right there in the front of the line i love karaoke it's so much fun i don't i'm not the best singer but i'm glad to belt out any song when it comes to karaoke it's just a lot of fun for me and you know i love traveling i love visiting different spots i've been to almost every state in the united states now i think i got like three or four left to go and i've been to all of them then have you been to alaska i have not i have not that's so far away i've been to canada i have not been to alaska eventually one day <laughs> you've recently you've recently just got back from fan expo boston speaking of traveling what was that experience like? Oh my goodness, that was probably the most rewarding Comic-Con experience I've ever had. Um, it was the first con where I felt like I didn't have this lingering feeling of anxiety. And I think that was because I've been going to it, um, to different cons for a couple years now. And I'm gaining my sea legs, so I didn't feel like, oh great, something's going to go wrong. I felt actually a little bit more prepared for this one. And... It was so much more comfortable that I felt that way because I didn't have to like look over my shoulder and I'm like, am I dropping anything? Am I forgetting anything? It was just really enjoyable. And everyone I met there, whether celebrity or not, was super duper nice. And I think it was probably like one of the happiest and most enjoyable cons I've ever been to. And plus, not to mention, they had moonshine fudge and that was the best thing I've ever tasted. So that made it even more <laughs> enjoyable. Now, now, you do something fun while you're at conventions. You actually uh, hide your artwork Yes, I do. That's a lot of fun. I, I, I don't know why I got the idea, but I think it was because I do I do Disney drops when I go to, and visit Disney World every year. And it was kind of, I got the same idea. I'm like, why am I not doing that at a Comic-Con? Because I have met so many of my followers at these cons, and it's really neat to get to have an interaction with them. So to put them on a little scavenger hunt is kind of fun because it. they'll tell me afterwards. They're like, I searched the whole building, and I finally found it. And I'm like... That's really fun to know because it's, it's at least it's bringing somebody else joy as much as it brought me joy to make it. So it's a lot of fun for me to hide these little things around and be like, okay, go find them. <laughs> now, at this convention, you, you had a couple cosplay, one of them specifically being Gamora, which is an amazing costume, by the way. Thank you. How long did it take you to put that together? 
dude, that thing was a beast. Let me tell you, that thing. I started on that probably a couple months before Infinity War came out. And I didn't finish it until about a week before I went to Boston Comic Con. And it was terrifying. It's so much research and trial and error to get the makeup right because you have to make sure it looks a certain way because if you don't, it's going to look off and it's it's just a lot of work. I mean, I love how it looked at Boston Fan Expo. I'm really proud of it, but there's still things where I'm like, I really need to tweak that because I'm not completely satisfied with it. But all in all, I was really happy to do that one because I, I really adore the Guardians of the Galaxy. It's my favorite Marvel series. It's probably my favorite movie besides the Star Wars series. And to get to cosplay the, the Guardians of the Galaxy characters, it, it just kind of, since it's something I really love, it just really makes it enjoyable for me. And watching you do your makeup test was always pretty fun too. <laughs> I'm glad somebody else enjoyed it because I had a lot of fun doing the makeup test. And it was always really fun to get the reaction from like Zoe Saldana. That was funny when she was like, you look like my mini me. And I'm like, yeah, that's because I'm probably like a foot shorter than you. <laughs> <laughs> have you have you got to meet Zoe Saldana yet? I haven't. That's the problem. You know, I have this poster because I have made it a goal since Guardians of the Galaxy is my favorite movie series to meet every single one of the cast. And so far, I'm about halfway through uh, meeting Palm Clementif tomorrow. I'll make it exactly halfway through. And the ones I have left, of course, are... Chris Pratt and Zoe Saldana and you know it, it's driving me nuts because they never do cons over here and I'm like I'm really gonna have to bite the bullet probably one day and end up going to San Diego Comic Con to meet them because they're never gonna come over here <laughs> uh, you never know they might they might and I really hope they do because that would make it so much easier on me <laughs> it really would I just like I want to beg and plead can you please come out here I've got a poster that only needs five more signatures please I, come out here I mean you have one of the other biggest cons in the area you have like the New York Comic Con so you would think they would show up over there one time you would you would think but they haven't that's the problem we, I mean when Avengers came out back in 2012, you had all of them come out for that. That was because it took place in New York City, so it was kind of like, oh, that makes sense that they're here, and that was easy. Mm. But unfortunately, since Guardians of the Galaxy does not take place on Earth, apparently they're like, boycott New York. California it is. California it is. California is beautiful, so I don't blame them. <laughs> Do you have any other future cosplay that you're planning on creating? I have so many in mind. By so many, I mean I have like four this year that I want to do at this moment in time. Um, a lot of my followers know how much I love Kitty Pride from the comics and how much I, I, I've been told that I'm her twin. So it's kind of like that is a cosplay I'm actually working on right now. And I'm really excited to show everyone that because that's been like a cosplay I've been dying to do for a couple years now. Um, I'm going to be, I have a secret Star Wars one. I'm not telling anybody yet, but I have had it requested a whole bunch of times. I've already done Ray, and everyone loves that. But this character, I get asked to do a lot. So it's like, you know what? I'm kind of like this character, and I can see the resemblance. I think I'm going to go for it. So I've started on that one. It should be fun to see everyone's reaction to it. Um, I'm also thinking of doing, I went and saw Christopher Robin at the beginning of the month when it came out. And let me tell you, I swear I almost cried and I fell in love with the movie so much. That was something I always remember from my childhood reading the book. So 
immediately I was like, I know I'm going to have to do a female version of Christopher Robin. So I was starting on that and I started with the fedora, which is like the easiest thing to find. <laughs> so, you know, I just got to find a trench coat now and that screen accurate when you the blue plush and I'll put a red balloon on him and there you go easiest I, cosplay ever i'm sure you'll find a screen accurate winnie the pooh here pretty soon in stores oh it's so hard because they sell out so quick so i have to probably go out of state to a disney store to find one <laughs> um and then lastly everyone who follows me pretty much knows i'm like the biggest fan of tangled i have connected to rapunzel's story for a long time since the movie came out and i absolutely adore her so that is going to be my first ever Disney cosplay that I actually finish. So it should be really fun because I don't I don't normally do cartoon characters. I end up usually doing like superheroes. So it's going to be fun for the first time to take on a Disney character. Oh, that's going to be really cool to see. Yeah, and the good thing is since I have brown hair, I'm just going to probably keep the brown hair. I'm not even going to go for the blonde wig, which is going to be unique because you don't see many people do that. Just, oh, you're going to do the short brown hair that she cuts yeah, at the very end? Yeah, I'm going to... Exactly. I'm going to go for that because everyone likes to do the blonde wig and I'm like, eh, I got the brown hair. I don't want to wear a wig. <laughs> now, you know, I want to back up a minute. You said everybody thinks that you're Kitty Pride's twin. Oh, yeah. You and I were having a conversation the other day and uh, you posted a picture on your Instagram page of Kitty Pride and Chris Pratt. And that's why I was like, oh, is that you and Chris Pratt? <laughs> I know. Everyone's like, oh, my goodness. Is that you? And I'm like. No, did any of you read the comics? Like, do you guys know what this is? I did give my business card to somebody at Boston Fan Expo, and she turned to her friend and she was freaking out. She goes, oh my goodness, she actually drew Star-Lord and Kitty Pride. Somebody finally did it. I'm like, thank you for being cultured, because I swear if I was going to have to explain that again. <laughs> yeah, I still, have, like, I still haven't got it, the app to get that book that you told me to read. You really should. That is, like, the best series, I think, the, the storyline for that series, it kind of goes all over the place, but it's a good all over the place. I think that was one of the better ones that they gave for the Guardians of the Galaxy line. So I think if anybody hasn't read it, you need to go read it. It's amazing. And I put my uh, I stake my reputation on that story. <laughs> That's how much I love it. Is there any future work that you're working on that our audience should maybe start getting excited about? Maybe start following you so they can kind of get updates on well, professionally, um, I'm under some NDAs at the moment, so I can't actually share those with you guys right now. Dang. But I can tell you that they're going to be really cool things, and as soon as I'm able to share them, I will be sharing them with you guys. I'm really excited for a couple of projects that I'm working on, so I really hope that they turn out well and everyone likes it when I'm done with them. But for um, non-professional stuff, uh, I've got so many things that I've got going on, many of which you'll probably be seeing in the next couple weeks because a lot of them are geared towards fan expo in toronto um i have a lot of secret stuff that i'm working on and one of the secret things is really cool because i have a meeting with someone super secret and it's really really cool so i cannot wait to share with you guys what that is because i think it's gonna blow everyone's minds um i'm also i'm really excited um for my infinity mini pin series i know a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, you're getting into the pin making game. And it's it's super exciting because it's like, I've always wanted to, but I haven't had the guts to do it myself. And then finally it broke down and I'm like, I'm going to do it myself and it should be a lot of fun. So I can't wait to share the rest of those. The response so far to them has been mind blowing. Everyone's super supportive and positive about it. So I'm really excited to share the rest of them. I've got about 12 13 in the works right now so i can't wait to share the rest of the ones i have with you guys 
And then um, I have for my Force Against Cyberbullying campaign, I have a partially animated uh, film that I'm working on with a bunch of amazing people. I'm so honored to be working with these people. It's insane the amount of talent that I'm working with. And I just really can't wait to see what everybody thinks of it. I'm so happy to be working with these people. They're like, in their fields, they're like top notch. They're really respected people. So I am over the moon to be working with them. And I think everyone will really like it when it finally comes out. That sounds all amazing. Now, your your pins that you were just talking about, you just recently put up for order the Peter Quill and the Peter Parker one, the two Peters. I had to do the Peter squared pins, you know. It was a good idea. I was like, well, I'm going to release them two at a time, I guess. So who do I release first? And then I got the idea. I'm like, oh, my goodness, I should release both Peters at the same time. How comical would that be? And so far, <laughs> it seems to have a pretty good reaction. That is so awesome. Well, how can our audience find out more about you? Well, my site that I have is currently undergoing some cosmetic changes. So I will update everyone as soon as that gets fixed. I'm really excited because I haven't really updated my site since last year. And I definitely think my work is a lot better than it was last year. So I'm really excited for everyone to see the changes that I'm bringing to my site. It's going to be a lot more... Um, it's going to be a lot more like me. It's going to be a little loud and a little crazy, but I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So I think everyone will enjoy that. And the best place for you guys to see my work right now and to talk with me and ask me questions and everything, it would probably be Instagram because that's my foremost social media. I use that probably the most. And then right behind that is Twitter. That's probably the best two ways to get a hold of me. But um, yeah, so any of my social media accounts, I have Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, and uh, what's that last one? Facebook. I don't know what that last one is. No, I don't have Facebook yet. I'm still working on that. Um, LinkedIn. That's the last one. <clears throat> so I have all those, but the best way to probably reach me would be Instagram or Twitter and to see my work because I'm constantly uploading on those two. Awesome. And what's, what's the name that they look for? You find me at Butternut Gouache. Everyone asks me why I do that and... The answer is I am terrible and I love puns and the paint I use when I do traditional work is called gouache and I was thinking one day before I started social media what do I name myself if I do it and it came to me it was like gouache sounds like squash and there was a butternut squash sitting on my counter and I'm like bingo <laughs> butternut gouache it is and there and the name was born and I've been butternut gouache for a little over a year now. She's like my other name. Yeah, that's pretty much what happens. That's how people know me now. They don't even, people actually think gouache is my last name. And I'm like, no, no. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like very flattering, but no, that's just the pain I use. That's so funny. So you, you can be found on Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter by using the handle butternut gouache spelled B-U-T-T-E-R-N-U-T underscore G-O-U-A-C-H-E. Yes, and Tumblr. You can find me on Tumblr, Tumblr, too. Even though I'm not as active on there, I'm trying to get better at it. So you don't you don't sit there and post GIFs all day on Tumblr? I wish I did because I'm going to be completely honest. I love GIFs. I always use them when I'm on Twitter, and every, it drives everyone nuts. They're like, why are you using so many? And I'm like, because they don't let me use these in comments on Instagram, and they're so much fun. <laughs> I mean, like, if somebody doesn't like a GIF, I understand it. But for me, I'm kind of like an overuser of them because it's an easier way to express, like, this is how I'm feeling. Enjoy. 
using a very good cinematic moment. That's freaking hilarious. Well, the reason why I asked you to come on to the show today was to kind of talk about, and you just briefly mentioned it, um, you just recently started a new campaign. That I did. And I'm going to be honest, it's probably what I am most proud of that I've been doing over these past couple months. And it's been a challenge, but a good challenge, I would say. This campaign, you dubbed it hashtag force against cyberbullying. That is correct. So can you tell me what is Force Against Cyberbullying? What is this all about? Well, the Force Against Cyberbullying campaign is an anti-cyberbullying campaign I created after being on the end, uh, the receiving end of some harassment and cyberbullying after um, I uploaded some licensed and non-licensed Lucasfilms art I did back in May. And for me, it's kind of, it was a bit of a challenge because I had never experienced that before. Um, being on the end of harassment, I experienced bullying when I was a kid. So for me, it was kind of, it's a, it's a different form of bullying. So I wasn't used to it. I, if it happened face to face, I probably would have been able to like jump right away into action and be like, okay, this is how I'm going to handle it. But it took me by surprise because I was getting so many messages of hate and names being thrown at me. And I even had one person tell me to go and kill myself. And that was a little harsh for me because I, I just didn't understand it. All I did was upload my work and it was just kind of, it took me back and took the air out of me because it felt like someone punched me in the gut. Being compared to Hitler isn't something light. So it was, it was a little challenging to, um, to handle at first and to figure out what to do. But I thought about it and I'm given this wonderful gift of having such a huge following on my social medias. And if I don't do anything with it, I feel like that's part of the problem because I'm given this gift. But if you don't choose to make a change with it, then why do you have it? What What's the point in having it? So if you don't use it, you're just as bad as the people, if not worse, that created the problem. So to, it took me that to realize that I needed to do something to make a change. And out of that, the Force Against Cyberbullying campaign was born, and the response to it overall has been amazing. I mean, I've had some pushback, and it's kind of knocked me for a loop at times, but, you know, there's always going to be pushback when you're making, when you're trying to make a change. So even just the smallest little ripple will eventually turn into a wave and make something better. So, yeah, it's been a little challenging, but I can honestly say I am very proud of this campaign, and I'm starting to get a little bit more of a, a following, but the people are finally starting to pick up on it and join in on the conversation, which has been really, really cool. Why do you think people feel the need that they have to bully or cyber bully? Well, for me, I, I think it could be for various reasons, but the ones that I'm figuring out the most from the comments and the nasty remarks I've been getting is a lot of it's jealousy and people having nothing to do or them just being completely miserable that they want others to feel that way. So like the whole saying of misery loves company, Mm -hmm. because whenever I've had something positive happens, I notice a spike in that. And it, every time it happens, I realize I'm like, these people must be so sad or miserable or just jealous that they feel the need to, okay, this person has something good happen. Let me attack them for it. And it's sad, but it's like, it's totally true at this point in time, which is really unfortunate. And I think too, it's also the whole anonymous of it because there's no repercussions for what they do. I think I said it to Monica when I was doing, um, 
when I was interviewing with her about this campaign, it's there's no consequences to them hiding behind a screen because you don't see a face. All you see is a handle or a username and they're thinking, okay, I can say whatever I want. Nobody knows it's me and there's no consequences. And that unfortunately is probably why there's such a big problem with it. And it really needs to be addressed because if we think about it, there's physically no conversation about this happening. You always hear in headlines, oh, this celebrity couple broke up. This celebrity got implants. This celebrity had their baby. And there's not a problem with that, but it's like there's more there's bigger issues going on in the world than that and we're just sweeping it under a rug and that's not okay i think there should be a bigger conversation about it if you're online and you're starting to see someone get bullied or you know in the comment section or maybe even just in a stream or whatever what what do you think someone needs to do to help that person out well i think that there's several things that can be done um one thing i would say is you know, if you see somebody ganging up on another person in comment section, or if you see them, like, especially with Instagram, because people can put stories in Instagram, if you see somebody saying that they're facing this, maybe try to call that person out and tell them that their behavior's not okay, but I don't really like to suggest that one, because I don't think you really should engage the person who's doing this, so mm -hmm. the one I always... I always suggest to everyone is just offer to be a support to the person that's going through it, because... I, I know from experience, you really feel alone and alienated when you're the target of harassment because when one person does it, it feels like the whole floodgates open up and then bam, all these other people are doing it. And you it's kind of hard to talk about, but I think when you get offered this support system, it makes it a lot easier. Um, sometimes harassment can bring somebody to do something really terrible to themselves. And if they have a support system that could really be avoided. So if we just stand together, I think that's the best option to fight against it. Also too, I mean, and I think you do a pretty good job of it, you know, on your Instagram page, when you start getting the negative comments and stuff, you usually go through, you ban them, you block them, you remove the comments. So that way there's the negativity isn't there. I, I think that's also a good step. So that way, you know, cause these people get proud that they harassed, yeah, and if you leave it up on a page, it's it's there for everyone to see. And basically, if you leave it there, you're basically signaling to other people, it's okay to come do this to me. And you're just opening the floodgates for more people to do it. I think it was um, Taylor Swift who actually, she turns off comments on some of her posts because of that problem. So, like, I know for all the Swifties out there, they're like, yes, that's... But it's actually a very good move if, that, if you're facing that sometimes just turn off the comments if that's the case or I always said everyone block report delete because you can't go wrong with any of those things if you're not engaging the person and you're not you know getting into a fight or trying to puff out your chest and say no I'm right then you're gonna be fine how can others help get this message out for force against cyberbullying is there anything that you know, someone who's listening to this episode can maybe go online, get a shirt, gets, you know, use the hashtag. What can someone do to help get this message out? Well, there's actually a lot of things I think people can do. Um, the first one I want to say is do not be afraid to talk about it. I don't understand why it's like taboo for everyone to talk about this because it's such a big problem. And if we don't address it, nothing's going to change. So, you know, it needs to, somebody needs to start the conversation. And if I'm going to be the one to start the conversation, then so be it, because it, this is something that needs to be addressed. So if you see a conversation about cyberbullying, talk about it. If you went through it, 
tell everyone your experience. Let them know that this is actually happening and it's not okay. Um, do not let the conversation die because as soon as it dies, the people who are doing this, they win pretty much. So you, you, you would know, think you people wouldn't be so scared to talk about it because it's, you know, so prevalent in the news and stuff. I mean, it seems to be happening everywhere. You would, you really would think it would be okay to talk about it. And it's just like all of a sudden, you know, with the me too movement and things like that, that's just becoming okay to talk about. And I think it was the time magazine last year where it had all the women on the cover who were, you know, were the ones who broke open and started talking about their cases with sexual harassment. Mm -hmm. And it was just like, that moment, that was when that conversation finally opened up and people were okay to talk about it. And it was something that was okay to talk about and for people to know this is what's happening. This is a problem and it's not okay. And I think as soon as we have that moment with this campaign, I think we'll see a change in the community. And I really hope that happens soon because I can't tell you how many messages I've gotten since I've started this campaign of people saying, I was there once in my life and I didn't know what to do and I wish I had somebody to talk to. And then I've had other people say, I'm going through this right now and I feel so alone. I don't know what to do. Can you help me? And it just breaks my heart to hear that because it's like, okay, you know what? The internet is not supposed to be a place where we should do this. The internet is somewhere where we can celebrate our differences, where we can enjoy the same things as one another without having to cause problems. And honestly, with this, it's causing a big problem. So Honestly, if we just let the conversation keep going and figure out how to crack it open so it's not, like, a bad thing to talk about anymore, I think that would be really great. Um, if you have an experience with it or, like, you know somebody else, please share their story. I, I can't stress it enough because I noticed as soon as I started sharing my story about the things I was receiving on my end, the conversation started a little bit. And, it, and that's what the goal is here. We want to talk about it. We want to get this to be worked out and to stop. So... Share your story, even if it's a little painful. You're going to have a support group there for you. There's a lot of people who love you. I can't tell you the outpouring of support that I've gotten since I got these comments. And especially because um, after Evangeline Lily put my stuff on her page, I received a whole mess of new harassment. And I couldn't tell you how many people I had to block the, the following day. I had people calling me a, a fat slut and a whore and that my legs looked like lard out of a can and... I had somebody tell me that I would be better off dying in a hole than showing my ugly face on her page. And it was like, I had some even worse things than that, but I, I it just blew my mind that people can be so cruel. And what I the think hell is wrong with people? It, it's unfortunate. <clears throat> and you know, there's a lot of people who take that personally and they don't realize that these people have issues with themselves and it leads them to do something very bad that's it's one of the biggest causes of suicide around the world not just in teenagers I, this happens to adults and if we as adults are not talking about it then it's just going to keep happening and is that what we want to pass on to the next generation i don't think that is so you know sharing your story definitely helps i think and i always encourage everyone since i've started this campaign hashtag it force against cyberbullying because People will scroll through the hashtag, and if they're going through it, maybe it'll help them so that way they open up and let people know what's happening if they're too afraid to talk about it. Because it's the same thing like the Me Too movement. Everyone was scared to talk about it, but as soon as a couple brave people stepped forward and started talking about it, that's when the floodgates opened and everybody were, was able to come out and say, you know, I experienced something like this too. Let me tell you my story. And it gives people more and more courage as more people talk about it. So I think... That's definitely helpful. So if you 
had a problem with it or you, you had one in the past, hashtag it that. Share your story because it'll definitely help somebody in the long run. Um, I also, yeah, with the shirts that I have for Force Against Cyberbullying, I can't tell you how amazing it is for me to see people actually, like, posting pictures of them wearing it and saying, I'm backing this campaign because it's like, you know, if you're wearing that out in public, that's going to be something that somebody's going to come up and say, what's this shirt about? That's going to get a conversation going there, too. So I always I always find it amazing, especially with the shirts. that They're great conversation starters, and I think that's really what the whole point behind my campaign is, is to get the conversation rolling and to help make a change with this. Now, you can use this hashtag on Twitter and Instagram, correct? Yeah. Okay. If you were to talk to your cyber bullies right now or even someone who maybe is being cyberbullied, what message would you want to say to them? Well, to the people harassing me right now, I would like to say harassment is not and will never be okay. It's cruel, it's really selfish, and it will never be tolerated. You may think that you're winning right now, but I can assure you that you're going to feel like an ant by the time that this is over. Because as many fingers as you're pointing at me, I'm going to have 41,000 of them pointing back at you. It doesn't pe- make people like you, so just don't do it. And for those that are being harassed right now, I, I would like to say to them that you're never alone. As much as you may think it and feel it at the moment, you're not alone. So please do not be afraid to talk and to reach out for help. There are so many people that you would not believe who love you and they want to help you. So just don't be afraid to talk to them about it. And if you feel like you're in danger, if somebody's threatening you in any way, which I can't tell you how many times I've gotten messages that are threatening me, there's actually things set in place to help you. Don't hesitate to seek help from authorities if you really feel at risk because it is actually now a crime to harass somebody online and they will go to jail if you present this to the police. I know because I took a course on law a while back and it was just starting to become a thing then. But this is this is a serious thing and now it's it's a federal offense. So if you really feel threatened, go to the police and talk to about it. They will be able to help you. And you know, the bottom line is that cyberbullying is just wrong and harassment's wrong and I'm gonna keep talking about it until it stops happening there's no point to it and it shouldn't happen but yet it does so until it stops i'm gonna keep talking about it so it may get a little annoying to some people but i hope it eventually helps in the end no i think it's important that you continue you know giving this message out there so people know that there is other people out there that may be experiencing the same thing or that there's people that they can go talk to i mean it's it's something that is definitely needed yeah, I, I don't understand why it's it's such a hard thing for somebody to speak up for the right thing. But you know what? If there's going to be a change, I'm glad it's starting with me. And I'm glad that I figured out that it, it, the silence is not good. Enough is enough. We need to, if we're all adults, we need to act like it. And harassment and cyberbullying is not acting like an adult. So I'm going to call people out on it if you're going to do it. How would um, our readers or our listeners uh, find out more about the, uh, the Force Against Cyberbullying campaign? Well, I, I mainly talk about it a lot um, on my Instagram and on my Twitter. I talk about it a lot. I go into in-depth things, um, especially my Instagram story. I remember the first time that it happened, I 
did a live story the day after telling everybody I was taking a break from social media for the next couple days and I broke down crying because it it's really emotional to go through this so a lot of the stuff you can read about it um, I put my experiences under some posts on my Instagram and Twitter so if you want to see those or hear about the things that I'm doing to amp up this campaign and get the ball rolling you can see it on there um, there's an article on your guys website Temple of Geek that I did with Monica um, really talking about it and I think that was like the most emotional thing for me to write so if they want to read more about it they can read that article as well and that'll give them a little glimpse into the campaign a little better and I'll definitely link to that in the show notes for this so if you're listening to this episode and you want to find out about that article or just find out more about it I will definitely be providing all the links well uh, Aaron do you have any final thoughts against this whole cyberbullying issue before we start wrapping this up yeah I would say uh, this week has been a rough one with cyberbullying but I'm not going to let it get the better of me um, I can't thank everyone enough for the support that has been given to me this week um, I've had a lot of people you know coming to my aid and telling the people off in comments and everything that they need to stop and mature basically and grow up so that I really want to thank everyone for that because that that really means a lot to me. Um, if you're harassing somebody, try not to be as much of a jerk as you come across. Like harassment's never okay to begin with, but some if somebody's doing something right, do not compare them to somebody like Hitler. I'm sorry, that one just blew my mind getting compared to that, and I was kind of like, I just want to throw that in there. Do not compare somebody to Hitler, especially if they're doing something good. You can never compare somebody to Hitler who's doing something good. So don't do that. And if you're facing this, no matter if you're a kid, a teen, an adult, it doesn't matter. You're worth it. You need to speak up about it because you're going to help somebody else out in the end and you're going to feel a lot better about it yourself. So I think that would be what I would like to say to end that. All right. And can you tell our audience one more time how to find you on social media? You can go to any social media site from Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, LinkedIn, and you can type in my username, Butternut Gouache, and I should pop up. I'm also on Redbubble and Etsy, so you type in the same username, I'll pop up on there too. And uh, each of them have links to all my sites on them, so if you go to one, you can just hop around to any social media website and find me. So Awesome. Well, Aaron, thank you very, very much for joining me on this episode and talking about this. I'm glad to have been able to it was a lot of fun it's been a while in the planning but finally did it yay well the, the good news is is now you can kind of put this to rest just a little bit and go out and enjoy your time at the con it, it should be fun hopefully nothing bad comes from this one but um you know i'm on guard and ready if something does well i'm ready to see what's going to happen with between you and palm so it should be good, I, I hope, because, you know, she's posted me on her Instagram and Twitter a couple times. So to actually be able to put a face to the art now might be a little bit shocking for her. Yeah, she's going to be like, oh, my God, it's you. And I've got a feeling I am I'm rather short for an adult. So, like, I'm going to walk up to her and be like, man, you are a tall lady. <laughs> I feel like so it's so weird. I feel so small next to all these celebrities. I'm like, why did I stop growing? Now, I'm, I'm, like, sh I'm sure Evangelina so was towering over you. Uh, Evangelina no, Lily. actually, she wasn't. Really? Uh, that was the first thing I ever picked up on. She's so small. She's very, 
fragile looking and delicate and dainty. So it was like, for once, I'm like, I don't feel that short anymore. <laughs> but like standing next to Karen Gillian. Oh, I know and she's like tall. like Catherine Tate. Oh my goodness. I was like, wow, you guys are tall. I'm like, <laughs> I expected this from the guys. I did not expect this from you guys. <laughs> so hopefully I don't feel like a shrimp next to her. Maybe I'll wear heels. Who knows? Oh, you're going to have a blast. I can't wait to I'm see gonna what happens. I'm going to have to gain some height just so that way I can feel a little bit better about my height. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's going to wrap up this episode of the Temple of Geek Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to hit us up on Facebook or Twitter by using the handle Temple of Geek. Do you want to check out some of our other episodes or shows? Why don't you head over to templeofgeek.com? There you'll find all sorts of content that pertains to the world of geek. Thank you for joining us on this episode. I've been Daniel. And I'm Aaron. <laughs> And we'll see you next time. Please follow us on Twitter at Temple of Geek. Follow us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Temple of Geek. And remember to visit templeofgeek.com. Your one stop for all things geek. Goodbye. This will conclude our transmission.